Hello, hello. This is Jacqueline Twilly. I'm the host of Power Banking Podcast. This is the podcast for women who work in male-dominated industries. Today I have with me Deja Foster. She's in the financial planning industry, and I'm so excited to have her join me. We initially met in Atlanta, Georgia, um, through a mutual connection, and I believe our first meeting was at a Starbucks. So I'm really excited to have her on as a guest today. Welcome, Deja. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So we're going to hop right into it. I'm going to start off with asking you, what is your favorite TV show or movie? Mm. <laughs> well, I'm an avid Beyonce fan, and I, uh, I'm i just an avid. Uh, <laughs> yes, I am Beyonce of all my friends and just everyone in the world. Um, what would be do? Anywho, uh, Dreamgirls is probably one of my favorite movies. And when I tell people that, they laugh. But I can literally sing that song from the beginning. I mean, watch that movie and recite it word for word from beginning to end. It's my absolute favorite movie ever. Such a cool movie. So I need to ask you two follow-up questions to that, just because I'm curious. <laughs> One, can you sing? Because you cannot watch that movie without singing along. Well, I can sing. Not well. At all, um, but I can sing. Uh, so yes, I, I and I I will sing very loudly, um, but I usually do that in the comforts of my own home by myself or with people I absolutely trust um, because I sound horrible. No, um, so okay, <laughs> okay, we gotta leave that right there. My other question is: I know you're a huge Beyonce fan. You just stated that, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the Tony Awards way back when um, this movie was hot and Jay Hud, Jennifer Hudson, and Beyonce were singing on stage. Did you see that? I, yeah, I believe I did. I feel like I did. So who won? Who won? Because you know they were showing out. Uh, definitely Jay Hud. I feel like, okay. um, yeah, no, that's no question. Like, I just feel like her voice is so much more dominant than Beyonce's. Um, but Beyonce is so much more versatile than um, Jennifer Hudson, like, you know. Yeah, so that was a great thing. If, if y'all have not seen that, please YouTube that. That is such mm-hmm. a powerful performance to see Beyonce and Jennifer Hudson kind of like going at it singing. Um, so sometimes mm-hmm. I just kind of go back and watch that clip because their voices are so beautiful. But, yeah, mm-hmm. def- J-Hud definitely brought it. Um, <laughs> she was showing out. Mm-hmm. So my next question for you, Deja, what is your go-to snack? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't really have a go-to snack. It's just really whatever. Oh, yes, actually, I do. Um, and people laugh at me again. Um, but it's pickles and skittles. It is like one of my favorites. I always have a jar of pickles in my house, or like some type of sweet candy. The sweet and sour really goes well together. One of my faves. It's very, very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you hit the snooze button? Oh, girl, about 55 times. And then I set, like, okay. 17 alarms. I'm always <laughs> like, let me go ahead and set this alarm for 445 because I know I'm not going to get up until 7 o'clock. My girlfriend hates it, but, yes, I am a snoozer. 
All right. And that seems to be a thing for um, a lot of the women that I've interviewed this week. We all love that snooze button. So mm-hmm. as I mentioned, Power Banking is a podcast for women who work in male-dominated industries. So kind of tell me a little bit about your industry. Um, So I work in the financial services, financial planning industry, and, you know, it's 80% male. Um, I've been in for about two years, two and a half years at this point. Yes, two and a half years. Yes, I'm sorry. I was trying to think back. Um, And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's saturated with men. I think more women are getting into the field. Um, right now, I'm currently pursuing my CFP, which is a certified financial planner. And that's like probably one of the highest designations you can get in our field. Um, and again, even if you look in, at the demographics for that, I mean, it's a lot more men who hold their CFP in our industry. And um, just really trying to change the narrative of financial services and um, empower women to make great financial decisions for themselves. Um, so, yeah. That's about so, the that is so interesting. Why I'm in it. <laughs> Share with the audience how you actually got into this industry. Um, so I actually was meeting with my financial planner um, when I was leaving my job before because I, I coached at Georgia Tech as an assistant coach and um, you know, it was a wonderful opportunity. That was my alma mater. But um, college athletics just wasn't a career path that I saw myself in, like, you know, long term. And so I wanted to find something that really intrigued me. And um, I enjoyed the aspect of the ki- the teams or players coming in at 18 and then, like, just watching and actually helping and the evolution of them as people and as human beings and helping them get to where they wanted to be. So one of the things I always asked our players, because we had like, you know, like a mentorship relationship um, and we had three or four players at a time. And one of the things I always asked them was, you know, who do you want to be when you leave here? What is it that you want? And that I, you know, I told them it's going to change and that's okay. But my job is to help you get there. And so I wanted a career that I still was able to do that, um, but I've also always loved numbers. I've always been a math kid, and so I wanted to work in in the finance finance industry in some way. Um, and as I started to look and research and try and find things that I felt would fit to my skill set, because I'm a super extroverted person. I love people. That's the way I energize. Um, I found that most of the jobs in the financial industry did not, you were behind a, a desk, you know, you were an analyst, you, were, you weren't interacting with people. And so I found, um, you know, a financial professional, financial advisor, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this looks like a really cool job. And um, I met with my financial planner because I was about to leave and I wanted to see what I needed to do to roll my, 41, my 403B over and uh, I just asked him some more questions, and that's kind of what kind of pushed me forward and made me really just dive headfirst into the industry. And then I thought back on conversations that I had with him when I first got hired as an assistant coach at Georgia Tech. And, you know, I was like, hey, um, coming in, I, I had gotten like a $30,000 raise from when I was my first job to my job as an assistant coach, and I was 
asking him, like, what should I do with this money? Because I, I, I've never had it before, and no one in my family knows anything about it. And um, he was like, oh, you don't need to save. He just wanted me to roll my 401K over. And so um, I wanted to help young people my age make good financial decisions because I found somewhere for that money to go, and it was not a, a very um, beneficial place for me. And so um, I wanted to help people you know, learn about money and ways that they can use money as a tool to live their best life and whatever that looks like for them. That is so good. <laughs> and I love what you said of using using money to as a tool to live your best life. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm taking notes here, so thank you for <laughs> all that you're sharing. Yeah, no problem. So, along the same lines, you know, money is a tool for us to live our best life, but so is power. So what is your definition of power? Choice. Being able to choose um, what it is that you want and um, when somebody takes your power away, they get take away your power to choose, right? Um, so I feel mm-hmm. like power is choice. Um, like, for example, if you do everything you're supposed to do, there should be no, like, real restrictions. Obviously, we have obstacles and things come up and life doesn't happen the way we want to, but there should be there shouldn't be anything stopping you from being because of someone else's belief. Like, uh, you know, you can't be the president of this company because you're a woman. Like, or you can't do this because you're black, or you can't do this because you're gay, or, you know, just you should have power is having the choice to be whoever it is you want to be. Totally. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, tell me, how do you use your voice, which is your power, to add value to your organization? Um, well, for me, I work in an all-women financial planning firm, um, and um, the way I use my voice, is, it, like my power and my voice or whatever, is um, really just by advocating for younger people and making sure that um, the young professional or the under 50, because a lot of times in our industry, and this has been since I've gotten into the financial services industry, I'm just grateful that I work at a place now where, um, you know, young professionals and young people and financial education is big here in our um, in our organization, in our firm. But um, one of the ways that I really try and use my power is by making sure that I'm advocating for, you know, young people and letting letting our organization and our firm know that we want the education, we want it, and we need it, and how what can we do as a company to, to deliver that in an effective, affordable, and, um, you know, approachable way, relatable way, because a lot of times when people don't come in or, you know, distrust, it's because we didn't do our job to make sure you – saw the value in it, or you knew that it was for you. So, you know, I definitely try and advocate for my community as far as, like, black people um, because, you know, I love my, my coworkers and I love my firm, but I work in an all-white firm. And so I, I, I always try and make sure uh, we're inclusive in our messaging and, you know, we're not leaving people out, we're not vague, we're not using coded language and things like that. And they do a great job here, so I'm not saying it like, you know, I'm policing anyone, but I just definitely try and stay mindful of that. 
I, I, I so appreciate that. And you mentioned that your industry is heavily dominated by men, but you work at an all-women financial firm. So what makes your firm unique other than well, you are, women? I, I'm, I'm sure your perspective is different. So, so my question is, what unique perspective do you all bring to the industry in serving your clients? Um, well, we also focus on women as a, um, as a market, right? That's our niche. Most of our relationships that we have here are initiated by the woman. Um, we also are heavily in the LGBT community, and we understand what that looks like. Most women are going to outlive their spouse. If you're gay, you're going to outlive. One, one of the women are going to outlive each other. Um, if you have a husband, you're probably going to outlive him. And then if you're single, you need to figure out how you can live off of what you made in your life and, 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 again, live your best life. Another thing that we bring that's unique to the financial planning industry is that we don't really focus on returns. We don't focus on, um, you know, uh, investments. We focus on planning. We focus on making sure that you understand what you have now, where you're trying to go, and how you're going to get there. And so I think um, that's a uniqueness that we bring. We also are very heavily involved in our clients' lives. We make sure we're checking in. We make sure, you know, we're just really trying to be a, a great partner to them in this thing that we call life. Um, and so I think that's different because, you know, usually when you think of financial advisor, you think of investments, whereas here um, we hope that our clients think of relationships. You know, like a great Yeah, I was just about to say it seems like a true partnership because you're thinking long term, your your life focus. So what would you say is one of the things that are a common misconception that women have about planning for their financial future? Um, I think um so it's two parts, right? Um, it depends on how you're looking at it. If you're looking at a woman who is um, like a her husband is a sole, you know, earner, or he has always like really been the breadwinner in the family. She feels like, oh, he has it taken care of. He knows what's going on, right? And um, actually, I, my boss, her name is Kathy. She's been in the industry for 27 years, and she founded the firm. And um, one of her Big presentations is a man is not a plan, and that just lets you know, like, you know, you need to think about these things. You need to, you know, consider, okay, what happens if he passes? What happens if, you know, he's still here? And then outside of that, from a working woman standpoint, you know, we work so hard that we forget to take care of ourselves, and one of those areas is financial planning and making sure that we're okay um, and one of our most valuable things that we have is time. So um, making sure that we're just maximizing that. To use that a man is not a plan. I will tell you, when I was in graduate school, I went to mm-hmm. a new barbecue with some people in my community, and one of the ladies said, um, you know, I just went to college so I could get my MRS. And I was like, MRS, MRS. And then I realized that she meant, you know, she only went to college to find her husband, which, you know, to each his own. But when you said a man is not a plan, I just went back to that moment when she said that. And I was I was really taken aback in the moment because I hadn't, hadn't heard anyone say that before her. 
Yeah, I mean, but that you know, a lot of I mean, a lot of women think that way. Like, I mean, even now, and you you know, you're like, well, what? I think we've evolved so much, and it's like, no, I still hear women say, well, girl, I'm just trying to marry rich, you know, like, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's nice, you know, it's not my job to judge, it's not my, you know, but that's right, that's a mindset that people have for sure, absolutely. So switching gears a little bit, you just talked about your boss who who has that great quote, a man is not a plan. What role mm-hmm. has mentorship played in your career? Um, it, I mean, it's played a tremendous role. Um, I feel like um, all of my mentors who have predominantly been women, actually all of them have been women, um, have been surrogate mothers for me. Um, one of them in particular is my elementary school principal, uh, when I graduated from college, she kind of took me under her wing. She helped me create a budget and, you know, just kind of plan it from that aspect. And then, you know, even progressing through that, the way I met you was through one of my mentors from college, which was our SW, Senior Women's Administrator, <laughs> SWA, um, Teresa Wenzel. And, you know, they just, it has played such an important role because they hold you accountable for what you said you were going to do, right? I want to do this. And the next time you see them, they're like, so did you do this? It's like, oh, no, you know, and just helping you figure out who it is you want to be and what it is you want to be. So um, mentorship has played a, a really big role um, in in my life. And even with Kathy, you know, she just, kind of holds me to a standard, but she also allows me to be human, and I think that's also important because sometimes we don't want to show our mentors who we truly are, and, you know, she's like, you got to take care of yourself and, you know, make some time for you and don't overwork yourself, and I think that's important to hear, too. Absolutely. To give yourself grace to grow and and understand we all Mm -hmm. make mistakes and we're all humans. And being vulnerable is such an important part of a good mentorship because a mentor can't help and guide you if you don't open up and become vulnerable so they can see both your strengths and the areas that you need to improve. That is so true. That's really why. You bring up an interesting point. Most of your mentors were women, and you work in an all-women financial firm. So I like to to put something on the table. There is a myth that working with women is very catty, and I have not experienced that totally. I've seen some of it here and there throughout the course of my 10-plus year career, but I want to get your take on that um, because you have worked with women for so long. Um, I mean, it, it really just depends on the culture. I think that far and wide, you know, historically – and I'm not saying this in, like, my personal relationships, but historically women have always had to compete. And I don't know what we were competing for, mm-hmm. but it was always like we were in competition. And so I think that's where the myth of cattiness can come from. And, and some women still embody that, and we have to be real about that. But I think, um, you know, the way you handle people, like I've worked with catty women, but I've always been very um, – my coaches always say confrontation means that you trust people. And so I would always say, Hey, do we have an issue? I feel like there's some tension going on and I don't wanna I don't wanna I don't want I don't want that that type of environment. And usually when I we, we have those conversations, it's like, Well, I feel, I feel and we didn't 
really communicate. So it was a lack of communication, which created confusion and made us think that we were feuding and we weren't. We were on the same team. We were saying we were pushing for the same goal. Um, and so uh, that's the way I've handled it when I've actually had those issues. But working in, in an environment where it's all women now, I haven't had that issue at all, and I love it. You know, we're all on the same team. The way our business model is, is we are a team. All of us work, you know, all of all of the client, firm clients are the firm's clients, and, you know, we just work really well together, and there's no, you know, ill blood or anything like that. Um, people are very respectful of time, space, and um, but we also hold each other to a, a standard. Our motto here is Bama, which is be excellent. I'm glad that you share that because, in most workplaces where there are a lot of women, the true experience is not what the myth says. You know, of course, there mm-hmm. are some people who are catty, just like you have some men who are petty. But generally exactly. speaking, I'm glad I'm glad that your experience working in the strong female office is a great one, and you hold each other accountable and hold each other to high standards. So that is mm-hmm. so amazing. So one of the questions that I would like to pose to you is what advice would you give to a young woman entering the industry, not necessarily your workplace because you do have those strong women who support each other, but Mm -hmm. just women in general entering this industry, and they might be in a heavily male-dominated office? Um, I think it's really doing your research, one, and then two, um, just be a student. Be a student of the industry. One, do your research prior to entering. I wish I would have done that um, kind of coming in. But two, you know, I think this is across the board, though. You know, you have to be a student of whatever it is that you're trying to do. Be excellent so that, you know, and I'm not saying be perfect, but definitely strive for excellence, right? And I think we should all do yeah. that. But um, definitely uh be a student of the industry. Learn what you can learn and, and, and seek out mentors and, and figure out things that you don't understand and you don't know and find somebody that knows it. And um, and, and so that's so my first one. That, my first piece of advice would be to do your research coming in. Um, and then the second part would be just to be a student of the industry and to just immerse yourself in it because there's some highs and lows of it. Um, and it can it can be a little intimidating. So um, only like 11% of people who come into this industry remain in it. So wow, you know, yeah. I mean, you have to you have to have thick skin. You have to like really just you know be be persistent with your goal and know that it's going to be better. And professional associations would you recommend for women to look into as they join the industry? Uh, depending on age, I think the XYPN is a good one, and that's XY Planning Network. Um, if you're looking to get into the industry, I think that's a great place for you to go initially because it will kind of give you the ins and outs of the industry. Um, uh, FPA, which is Financial Planning Association. Uh, I actually have not found any, like, strong women's groups to join yet, which is a little disappointing, but I feel like that's also an opportunity for us to create a space for that. 
Um, and so those are my like probably my the, the two that I would recommend initially because XYPN focuses on the younger generation, and you know they're very inclusive. You know, they, they think that um, the industry needs to change, and we need to attract more young people, more women, more people of color, and things like that. So I, I absolutely love that group. And then also FPA, just because they are the highest, they have the highest standard as far as financial planning and what they represent in our industry as a whole. Awesome. So I will link up to both of those professional associations in our Power Banking Podcast Facebook group so that you all can Mm -hmm. check those out. So, Deja, as we wrap up, leave us with a parting piece of guidance and tell us how we can connect with you online. Um, I mean, you can connect with me on Instagram, Deja M. Foster. My name is D-E-J-A-M-F-O-S-T-E-R. The same thing with um, Twitter. And then uh, not really that heavy on Facebook. So, But my name is Deja Foster on Facebook and on LinkedIn. I am not that creative when it comes to my uh, social media handles. No, it's good. That consistency is great branding. <laughs> and what about your parting piece of guidance? Um, you know, just live the best life for you. Um, don't try and repeat in anyone else's life. Um, and figure out what makes you happy and pursue that with um, a relentless passion. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Mm -hmm. Deja, for taking time out of your day to record with me. I have so many notes here. Um, A couple (laughs) of things that really stuck out to me is money is a tool to live your best life, and a man is not a plan. The other thing that I have here is, confrontation means you trust people and lack of communication creates confusion. So thank you for all of those gems today. Yeah, no problem. And I appreciate you for having me. I, um, you know, in the the form you sent me, I, I, I've been following you and a, a lot of what, you know, you put out is it, so beneficial to women in our age bracket, but older, and I, you know, I'm always telling people about you, and I just think that you do a great job of, you know, spreading your message and really creating value for people who follow you, and I appreciate you because I used, you know, some of your tips um, when I was applying and negotiating my salary for this job, so thank you. My pleasure. Well, I appreciate those kind words. That means a lot to me.